Hi everybody, so in this first episode you will see first of all Ashley and James cracking up because Ashley just put the wrong intro. That was the best opening ever. And of course we couldn't miss it. They just started to talk about vagina stripping and all this kind of stuff as soon as you get older at minute number nine. So it's pretty like soon to start talking about vaginas, but they did already. So that's great, right? But then we arrived uh, to get our amazing guest, Megan. And she told us how she related to this topic, how was her childhood, and how did she get to know all the things that she knows now. And it was a beautiful talk without dirty talks <laughs> anymore. She also tells us how she got a dream one day and then at the other day she woke up and she realized she was pansexual. And then she started texting all her friends saying, I'm pansexual. So I think you don't want more spoilers of this episode. So I'll see you again next week. And sorry for my weird, weird, strange accent. <laughs> you just had to get your plug in there, didn't you? That's not it. Should we try this again? Yeah, let's just let's see. We're really on top of things. Really doing Hey, it. everybody. Welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits podcast. We are really excited that you're here to get weird with us. <laughs> and we're going to have all kinds of, you know, absurd ideas playing around with magnificent guests. And we're just going to go to places you always wanted to go. But, you know, you can tell mom and dad how you felt about aliens, about channeling. You couldn't say fuck. I'm Ashley Bradley. I am a mom. I am an intuitive business coach. I'm a business psychic and a channel. And I am James Lester. I am an open homosexual. I'm a speaker, a writer. I am a member of the recovery community and I am a queer activist. And after you listen today, we would love it if you would follow us in one of the podcast places, Spotify, Apple, just to name a few subscribe leave us a review it helps new people find what we've created and we thank you for listening let's do this mocking herself hey everybody hello we're back mm -hmm. it's been i just asked you this question we don't know. quite literally right now how many months has it been what do you any of you know three-ish months i think it's been four months really yeah okay in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to get so organized. We're going to have like every guest and thing done ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do shit. You did a lot of shit this last week. I did we like, did, yeah, but I do it. That's kind of like the thing is it's like right before we start, we're like, okay, let's get this branding done. Oh, the video is not changed. It's fine. Let's, let's use it. I think you get a high off of it. Um, I don't know. It's another episode. Oh, it's another episode. Yeah. How Ashley gets high last minute mm. adrenaline rushes 
clearly though, you know, I'm into existential kink in the Carolyn Elliott process. And it's all about like really getting off on that kind of stuff that you're just like, yes, I just love procrastinating and the adrenaline when I'm like working on something. And if you admit it, if you're like, if you let yourself get off on the fact that a freaky part of you likes that, then you're actually less likely to like create it every time because it's conscious now. Now you see your kink. So do we just have a breakthrough? Me? <laughs> do I owe you money now? Or? Yes, you do. <laughs> or something else. So hello, hello, everybody. It's been about four months. We're so excited to be back. What have you been up to in the last four months? A lot. I feel like I've done a lot of like spiritual work. I did the QHHT. Um, hypnosis, which is like the Dolores Cannon method of hypnosis, where you're visiting like other soul aspects, mm -hmm. other lifetimes and other worlds. And so that's been really deep. Like I got to work with uh, Cheryl, like on my doing energy work, like, like, honestly, I'm like, these are probably going to need to be like episodes in this upcoming season, because it was just like, nuts. And so for me, I feel like a lot of emotional, spiritual work, a lot of stuff with my business mm -hmm. um tiktok like my tiktok my first thing ever went viral and i'm like <laughs> wow that happened to me so and like that's cool what tiktok went viral the tiktok that went viral um well it was definitely right after i channeled my higher self telling me that i need to start addressing the collective and that I'm really in my comfort zone right now of one-on-one -on -one readings, but they're like paraphrasing, like, girl, you need to talk to the collective. You need to be talking to all of the healers or to humanity as a whole. Like that's what you're here to do. And the one-on-one -on -one stuff was just kind of a warm up, you mm -hmm. know? And so the first video I post about it was about star seeds essentially and the connection between healers and neurodivergence and uh what was channeled it was it was channeled mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. then i basically made it into a 30 second video which can't even explain the whole thing that i was channeled but the the little tidbits of it were that for healers to have their gifts and to be like who they came here to be like with their mission their body needs, their physical vehicle, like actually needs different wiring for them to have those gifts. But that in society, we're only defining people by what they're not. And by the things that they're like, not good at, that we've like really missed out on the fact that like, oh, wow, like, this might suck in some ways, but in other ways, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You're magnificent. If we don't make it all clinical all the time. I agree. I agree. And then you did have that one interesting reply that we shall not name names, but it was kind of interesting to see someone take your message of love. And I mean, you got to get used to it. There was actually yeah. multiple negative ones. Okay. Well, we're not going to, but no, but I feel like I had growth though, because mm -hmm. remember that time I cried with that mean email, like several years ago that a lady wrote me. It was like a couple years ago. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah you grew a lot in the last couple years. But what I was going to say is yeah. like how people can transmit such a message of love and kind of put anger behind it and kind of a spin on it. And it is wonderful to see like how, because you've been in this arena for a couple of years so strongly that you were less reactive to it. And that didn't cry. 
<laughs> Good job. Good I didn't job. cry this time. That's a win. No, but I was like, there's like the part of me that reacted to it. And then I was like, this isn't even about me. Like, how can it be about me? She doesn't know me. Like, this is about her. And let's just, I, and I think for me, it's like, I think there's been a big learning and I see that like as I probably wanted to go viral like years ago and I'm always like yeah yeah like I'm ready spirit like just let's put me in front of people I feel like spirit was like okay for this to be sustainable and you cannot go fucking crazy you've got to do the work like you have some shadow integration to do <laughs> you know what I mean there's been a lot and I just feel like I just want to stress like the work that we do that I know that all of us are really passionate about, like that's like the, the shit, you know, it's not like I am fucking just amazing at everything now. It's just that I fucking did the work and the energy aligned and right. Yeah. And well, I kind of think it, it brings us to like the topic we're talking about today though. Like when you, yeah, we you and I like keep me reeled in here. Yeah. Come on. Come Real back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not talking about you. Oh. <laughs> but we were talking about setting up, you know, the season and like, you know, there's, oh, we have so many massive ideas. Like, of course, anyone that's like really enthralled, like with the spiritual journey here on Oscar, it's not just the material, like so many different topics. And I, I was talking to Ashley about how, like, there seems to be, you know, turning 40, there's like an expiration yeah. date on us. I think like, you need to like rewind and talk about what you did in the last several months and that you turned 40 and. Yeah. I, I, well, let me get there mom okay okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, turning 40 and like realizing that like even though i know it in my soul like society has planted the seed in my head that like i've expired i should have achieved so much more be it financial relationship wise uh just in so many ways i should have achieved so much more and they're supposed to hit these like plateaus by certain ages and how like i realized at 40 like i'm just fucking getting started and it's because I just really, really started coming into my spiritual truth over these last few years. And that's why, like, I'm so excited to talk to Meg because I know she's been on, you know, this own version of her journey herself. But, like, how, like, there is no expiration date. There is no certain time. Like, there's no, like, check like checklist to check off certain things like kids by this age or a career by this age or the understanding of this by this age or a, a yogi at this age. Like, we really just need to be on this journey. And I the second act that can come in life. Like, I really feel like I'm coming into my own at 40. And I think that like over the last two, few years, you've been feeling that too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like I'm getting close. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's got a couple of years, but well, and, and not close. even that necessarily the 40 like marker, just that fact that we're told that we have to achieve, like we better be married by the time we're 25 and producing kids by a certain age and have the career or we're fucked or we're done or we're failures. And I think yeah. that we both watched each other just kind of bloom over the last couple of years and how there is that divine, sacred, beautiful second act, or probably is a third act, if you are lucky enough to be on this planet long enough, where like yeah. you really come into your own. And I think that you're coming into your own. I know you're coming into your own because I've been your best friend for a long time, but had that conversation, especially with women. I think women especially are told like, you're fucking done. You know, your beauty's gonna start fading. Your vagina's gonna start drying up. <laughs> like all kinds of things are told, especially to women. You know, and that fuck that, you know? Yeah, because, like, I feel like people look at, like, men like Richard Gere, and they're just like, yeah, they just look more sophisticated as they go gray. And it's like, there's definitely a weird double standard 
like in Hollywood in like, which is so much a part of like the culture that has programmed us. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately you do see like a lot of women buy into it and you see women that are naturally beautiful. Try and believe me, I'm all for touch ups. You know, or are they buying into it or are they just pulling out on like their programming to like seek that validation? Well, well I, I think that, you know, so I want to say, like, I love plastic surgery if it makes you feel better and it's not trying to fill like a void or trying to catch up or stay beautiful. But I think a lot of women start to use that to try to like turn back time because they're listening to that that bug in their head that's like, oh God, I'm I'm less but less their value yeah. is like basically what yeah, they look like it's as so a woman. Not fucking true. And you know, I, I do see it amongst gay men too that you know kind of tap into that same energy, but like. Just basically, no matter if you're gay, straight, whatever, whatever you may be in, in this incarnate, in like this body, like fuck that. Like you never know when your true chapter is going to begin. Yeah. It's going to happen. Some people are gifted to have it happen in the early 20s. You know, it may happen at 50, but we really need to get rid of that, like that expiration date. You know, like it's in every yeah. society. So with this topic, this could be a reinvention because i know we put spiritual reinvention mm -hmm. but we're basically saying that like it all starts with like a spiritual it, internal change and then and then we see the change externally like sexuality for instance uh -huh. like usually like inner work has to be done to like love yourself enough to know that you're going to be you right and that it doesn't matter if it's okay with anybody that there has to be that inner change first so like that's one of the reinventions that I, might I, be right? my personal belief is it has to start with spiritual reinvention like it can't be like outside you know and some people that lose that weight maybe that like but i believe you have to start with the soul yeah for me and this is my own personal opinion and i'm sure there's a hundred million other opinions but like it has to start in the soul and like that for me is where it really began like yeah. you know, my, my journey of sobriety it, like really got me in touch with soul and that's why like i feel like i'm expanding and reinventing myself more and more yeah because my soul is like be, being allowed expansion and, and but i i see a lot of people try to like mask it or try to like do like an outside reinvention mm. hoping that like it will like fill that that void inside but like i love watching people and meg who's going to be our, our guest being yeah. one of them that like it starts in here and it spreads outwards and then it's energetic yeah and like you everyone around frequency you. Yeah. for whatever reason and that so i'm just kind of naming how that spiritual reinvention then plays out so it could be owning whatever is more authentic to us in our in our truth like it could be in the work that we do mm -hmm. like what are some other categories just so that we can really like plant some seeds about how this might relate to everybody well i think you were mentioning and sorry i cut you off earlier but like sexual reinvention like i think when but i think sexuality is always there but like when you reclaim that part of yourself or fully own it yeah that, that can be part of the, the, the beginning of a spiritual reinvention like people that really men that come out of the closet or women that come out of the closet later on and then mm. they're finally able to unveil that part of themselves or you know our friends that you know knew they were transgender they were stuck in the wrong shell and they finally like gained the strength and the courage to be like no i'm gonna own my truth and like you just yeah. see them blossom and bloom so i think though sexuality and you know gender identity are two huge ones yeah uh, owning your gifts right mm -hmm. yeah spiritual gifts I feel like there's a lot of categories and if you're listening, like I would love to hear like if 
there's a version that we haven't named that you resonate with. I'm like really pondering right now, like even the word reinvention though, because I'm like, well, aren't we come into this world as us and we mm -hmm. hold our unique frequency. And then at some point, and then I, I want to definitely like let Megan in a yes. moment because she's fucking brilliant and she needs to get in on this conversation. Uh, but that we, we shut it down and then we have, and I don't know, we'll see what other words surface other than reinvention because I, I'm like, wait a second. It's really a getting back to or returning mm -hmm. to. I love and that. And that it feels like a reinvention maybe to everyone else. Or maybe what. accepting a part of your, your soul that you've neglected or tried to push off. Maybe inner acceptance. I don't know. Other words that you think might align. Um, Valerie uh, said a, an awesome uh, comment that if you get a chance to pull up, I totally. Let's get Meg in yeah, here. Absolutely. First off, Meg, we're pulling you in. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Will you introduce yourself? Like, give us the the 60 second version of Meg. Uh, I'm Megan Rose McMullen. I am a uh, shamanic empowerment coach. Mm. And I love dream interpretation and I have hit many spiritual awakenings recently over the last five years and kind of reinvent myself over and over again, kind of pulling back all these layers and remembering myself is something that is my current journey. Mm. Will you tell everybody like how you relate to this topic, like how it speaks to your heart? Well, I think from me for me my childhood it started off where um i took on all these conditionings where people told me and i followed because i thought that they knew more than me like i was missing something i came into this world not knowing a specific thing that everyone else knew so i started collecting these like unwritten rules and just like you know covered myself and layered myself in them and then i found myself in my late 20s being like i am miserable but i've done all of these things i've done all of these things right and it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel good i haven't found happiness i don't feel relief i feel this self-loathing i've made many many mistakes and th that shame and guilt has piled on it feels so heavy you know suicidal ideation was part of that i started to reach outside of myself through many things you know, relationships, sex, drugs, alcohol, trying to feel myself and feel better about myself and nothing was making me feel better. And so I feel like this is so true that there was a point where I felt my age creeping up my thirties. Like I thought I was going to have it all figured out. And I started hanging out with younger people to like make myself be like, oh, I, never, <laughs> I didn't even know you were like that old. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, hi, like, hiding my age and doing all this stuff. And then I got myself into trouble because I was acting younger than what I was. And then that shame on top of that was like, you should know better. And then like one day I hit rock bottom and I was like, this is because I've done nothing but use outside forces to try to fill me up. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had that spiritual awakening that I was like, you can choose, you have to decide what you're going to do with this. Like, and that's the part of like the second act, right? Like this coming to and being like, okay. And then once I chose that, this great unfolding happened and more and more I feel authentic and I feel radiant within whatever is going on in my life. And I found more and more things that are like aha moments of like, 
being diagnosed with autism, coming out as pansexual, um, knowing, finding my spiritual gifts and knowing that eventually I want to be of service and help other people on this part of their journey. Because I feel like when I felt the sense of relief that just like opened up, I was like, I need more of this and everyone should feel this. Everyone should feel this relief that you, I feel. And now I want to help people feel that. I just love you, Meg. I just want to, can you just move in with me and just talk while I go to sleep and then talk when I wake up? But, but Meg, on, on a serious note, like listening to that, I know that you and I have the relation that, uh, that we both try to use drugs and, and alcohol to like really kind of mask, you know, that feeling of inadequacy or not fitting in. Do you relate when I say that I always felt that like urge from my soul to do more, even like in my worst of drinking and using days? Did you also feel that inner calling that like, fuck, I'm neglecting something. I'm not on my uh, true soul journey. Or did you have like an aha moment? Is Meg frozen? Or she's really pondering my question. <laughs> it's one of two things. <laughs> I think she's frozen. Maybe Solange, you can message her, but we'll what about you? come back to it. For me, like, I think I had a sense of purpose and, like, mission. For oh, it's fine. <laughs> I thought Mercury Retro game was over. <laughs> I guess we're on the shot. Did you hear the question, or do you want him to repeat it? Uh, please repeat it. Okay. I thought I was telling I was like, she's really thinking about my question right now. I had a, I, I just forget like a fucking Nobel Peace Prize. I really hit it. But I was saying that you and I we have that relation that we like both use drugs and alcohol for probably me a, a little bit longer because I'm a little bit older than you. But we use drugs and alcohol to really mask that not fitting in or you know that feeling of uncomfortability. And I was saying that, like, for me, I always felt in the pit of my being this calling to do something more, that I wasn't on the right track, that I wasn't fulfilling my soul destiny. So I was asking if you always felt that or if you kind of had, like, an aha moment that kind of awoke you. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I always I always knew that there was more. And, like, part of my story, I, that's where it started, where I had, like, woke up and was, like, looking at my life and being, like, there's got to be something more. And there was like a little whisper that constantly was saying, there has to be more than this. There has to be more than this. Like life cannot be just pain and suffering all the time. Like there has to be more than this because I get taste of it, but not for long. And so like, what's the difference? Because I know that there's beauty. I know that there's joy. I know that there's abundance. So what's blocking me from it? And that was the moment where I was like, I think it's because I've been following all of these people's like, oh, you should do this. The reason I went to college is because my mom told me. The reason I chose my major is because my counselor told me. I, I got a job because that's what people told me to do. And then all in all, I like woke up and I'm just like, yeah, this is, I'm not happy with this. Like, and so now I need to start following my heart because why wouldn't I be an expert of myself? Why wouldn't I know what's best for me? Mm. I love that. And you said in the last five years, you've really gained more traction in that. Is that correct? Right. Yes. So can I ask you about a minute part of it just to maybe help anyone that may be listening to this, like the, the sexuality part, like the owning. Wait, your Meg, tell people how, your t how you discovered this, because I think. I love this. And I love this platform for this reason. 
so my, the real starter was getting sober. I had a rock bottom experience that was a spiritual experience where I hit rock bottom. I had this outer body experience. And as I was getting sober into the sober community, it's very a spiritual. So it's like finding your connection with the God of your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And so once I started doing this, I started opening up and having some distance to find like what feel, kind of feel around and see like what is my understanding without other people's like judgments and so i started to listen and learn and the first podcast i heard was um with anna akana with jay shetty and she talked about the um pie where people think that bisexual is 50 50 and she talked about how no it's can be 70 20 or depending on what you're you know you're looking for and i was like oh it kind of like resonated a little bit with me but i was just like okay cool like that's nice and like kind of <laughs> thought about all the times that women had asked me out or like at the bar and i was like oh no no i'm not i'm not gay thank you though i appreciate it and they're like oh are you sure and i'm like no no sorry and then slowly pieces of puzzle started kind of like floating together and then right at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 sex education came out and i saw a representation of something that felt like me and then there was another one too another show that was like had representation too and i was like oh like that that hit something to me and like the word pansexual and like not being really you know attracted to a specific gender or, or like i like people and like demisexual and all of these start things started falling in place and then one night i had a dream i went to bed i woke up and i was gig- giggling all day because i was like i'm pansexual and then i just like texted everyone it was like hey <laughs> you know, like i'm pansexual thank you and then people were like oh cool most random text ever all right girl and and then of course there's some friends who are like you you weren't out already (laughs) (laughs) you knew before i knew and there was this moment of like pure giddiness because like it was like these things that had happened in my life felt oh now they make and there was constant like oh oh oh, oh, and it was just like all day, these like memories fell into place. And I was like, that's why. That's and tell why. them about TikTok. Oh yeah. Where <laughs> that, was the, that was the TikTok. second part of it where I found myself on lesbian thirst trap TikTok. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Hello. I'm, I'm good. I like it here. <laughs> but I honestly think that like, TikTok like is is like such a huge thing right now because if you look in the comments, if you can see how many people are like, hold on, I'm packing my bag. Like, how, like I feel like TikTok's gonna create this whole revolution. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, so Meg, let's talk a little bit about that feeling, like the the expiration date that we're feeling about and pushing back against that. For me, like I felt like I got sober at 35. I'm not sure what age you got sober at, but at 35, I remember repetitively in my head, I was like, you're you're fucking done. Like, you know, because before that I, I was determined I was gonna die an alcoholic. And then to get sober at 35, a lot of like my alcoholism was like, Why are you doing this? Like you you're done, you're 35, you've accomplished nothing, you own no car, you've ruined every relationship you've been in. And, you know, I think outside of alcoholism, everyone kind of feels that way when they hit a certain age plateau 
and they don't have certain things checked off that society tells us to have checked off. So mm. can you tell me like how you relate to that or how you've been able to push back against the rules of age? Yeah. So similar to what I think you shared, I got sober at 31 and I, and I have relapsed in that time with other things besides alcohol. And I feel like the thing that it's a pattern that keeps like showing its head in different ways. And so at first I was like, I'm going to try to be young. I'm going to filter and I'm going to do all these, you know, things and wear all these things. And then I started cutting or like changing my hair and trying to change my hair. And then one day there was like this voice that was like, shave your head. And I'm like, no, it's very feminine and hair is supposed to be, you know, and then I was like, do it. And I just did it. And that was the moment where I like the first time I ever did something because I wanted to do it. And it was like this, like F you to like, the society because my grandma was like you make a better a prettier girl with longer hair and I was like this is what I'm fighting against and that was the moment where I was like no one gets to tell me what I like what I do what I feel and mm -hmm. I don't have to have a specific hair type or no wrinkles around my eyes or whatever to like be beautiful and like that essence and energy comes within me and I feel like the timeline thing was like the moment that I took back my power and was like, I'm not going to base this on circumstantial situations because in my spiritual first spiritual awakening, when I had the outer body experience, God pulled me from my body, showed me a timeline of my, my life on the track of being an alcoholic. And he, and he didn't say anything, but I was standing there and I was so enraged because I was like, you left me. You left me in this shitty life and look what you did, you know, but like those words never came out because I already knew that I had done that. That was my choice. And when he showed me, I ended at like, I was this old crippled lady throwing things at the TV, miserable, all alone. And then at this moment in time, this like splinter splintered off. And it was this, the question that hung in the air was like, you know, that you have a choice what is what are you going to choose and in this splinter there was infinite possibilities and i had finally known like i have to process what happened process with what's going on and then decide and commit to what i want to do with that and that's my choice and that's my control and if it's not in my control it's not worth my time or energy and so i think that that was the moment where i i started to kind of first dip my toe in the like there's no timelines and I still kind of fall back to the the programming but then I just remind myself go be her the one that you you align with the one that you want not the one that falls into place with all the conditioning and kind of being dictated where life happens to her life happens for me now and I make the choice actively that this is the life I'm going to lead this is not in alignment with me and I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, Meg, you're killing me in such a good way right now. But I love what you said about like seeing the alternative version almost. And I, like, I think that that can be clear for 
for anyone, regardless if they're getting sober or they're in a marriage that they've just been in for years that they know it's not working. And, you know, they see this other version of their life, but they're too scared or like sexuality, you know, being like a certain sexuality because you're too afraid to own it. But like to see those possibilities is limitless or a job mm -hmm. that just like drains you instead of feeds you. And I think that we get stuck again, like age is just, it is a construct, but it's something we buy into all the time. But we think that if we're at a certain age, I better stay with the safe job. I better stay in the safe marriage. I better, I better stay in safety because our brain is literally there mm -hmm. to keep us coloring inside the lines. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, like that's not the earth experience, man. That's the societal experience that we're like caged the to. The fucking like glass prison. <laughs> right? So I, I, I love that you mentioned like seeing other versions of yourself. So do you still find your brain trying to shove you back in that box? And how are you able to work through that? Oh, definitely. Um, and it, it comes in different ways. Like when I start to feel stuck, when I start to feel the monotony of the mundane and I'm not finding joy and I'm not finding abundance and I'm starting to struggle, I always remember that like, when it rains, it pours. And so what I can do with that is instead of, you know, trying to weather the storm, I can learn to dance in the rain. Right. So it's like, okay, what can I do in this situation? What is, what did I say? How can you be in this specific situation and it be different? Right. So I have to go to my job. I have to do these things, but like, how can my mindset change? What are some things that I have control over? Um, I saw a TikTok the other day that said, and if you have a problem, write down all of the things that you're you that you have that scares you, and then cross out the ones that you don't have control over, and then do the ones that you have con control over. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing because it's like, just decide. I will quit my job by this time, and this is how I'm going to do it. And every day, Snap. you'll notice that you that energy of that will that to go is how you're going to you know benefit yourself and, and aid in that you know you know reinvention. I, I love that that tip. You know, in the program we call about like God control and our control. You know, there's things that like you know that fear of death. Most of it's out of our control, but you can stop putting that needle in your arm. So there's got a control and our control. So I love that you point that out. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you really have a passion for uh, dream interpretation. So do you feel this plays into someone's journey that's really trying to own their bigger self, their, their truer self and the dreams they have? Oh, yes. Um, so not only the dreams that we have when we're sleeping, but even in our waking light, the, the fantasies that you have, right? Mm -hmm. The curiosities or the projections, you can use all of those things to have a clear connection to where you're going, right? So first, uh, you know, I, I have a close friend that talks about how you have to assess where you've been, you have to know where you're at. And you have to know where you're going in order to assess how you're going to get take the steps to get there, right? So there's many versions of yourself. Once you've chosen and decided this is the version I want to be, then and only then can you decide the accurate steps to get there. Otherwise, we're going to take a step in this direction and then a step in this direction. And you're going to find yourself not really progressing forward in the way that you would like to, which then, of course, creates more shame. And so I think that if you can look at your dreams, your fantasies, your projections, 
you can assess like what's blocking you or what's keeping you stuck in that same position and move from there. Like what's the um, call to action kind of thing, right? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that is the big thing. Like with Mallory's question asking like, what did you do to change things? I feel like I don't know about you two, but I feel like it's like these little moments of courage where I feel courageous enough to do something that I, most of the time, 98% of my life, I don't have the courage to do, but then it would come in this like wave. And it honestly, it kind of feels like, like a spiritual intervention. You know what I mean? Where like, they probably aligned all these forces to get me like amped up and to like fucking just do the thing. But it like, it's like, just takes a little bit. Cause I think that people often think that like, Oh, like, I don't know how I'm going to quit or how I'm ever going to feel safe enough to do it. But a lot of like the big choices that I've made, I didn't see it coming. And I didn't know that my whole fucking like life and trajectory was about to change. Cause it just seemed like, do 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 like is that what you would say as well Meg, when you look yeah. back at it? Yeah. I, I feel like that all the time. Like, but that was like when I got sober, I, when I had that outer body experience on, out of my mind on drugs for 24 hours and I couldn't get out of it, the m- moment that I finally had that sobriety, I had a choice. I could have allowed that and just like kind of waved my hand. It was like, oh, that's just what drugs do, right? I could have just chalked it up to a drug, you know, bad trip and then continue my path. But what I did was I thought about it. I got sober and then I went and I took the action of like, this is scary. And I went to my first recovery meeting, so scared, so terrified, didn't know what to do with myself, never had done anything like this. And I was like, but this is the choice I need because I need help right now. I need to reach out and get this. And then from there, it got easier to show up then. And then from there, as I, in recovery, you know, I did the work, I did the, you know, inventory. And even though I'm not currently in recovery, I still make sure that like when I'm in those moments, I say to myself, like, what, what could I do to make myself feel better? And, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome, like who am I to have this story? Who am I to tell, you know, show up and say, oh, I can help you and be of service for you. Who am I? You know, I'm just, you know, a recovering addict who, you know, had some, you know, experience and and now I want to help. And it's like, oh, but when I get in those moments, I can always say, okay, I get to choose my next move, my next right action. And if I commit myself to a hundred percent, the whole universe will conspire on your behalf. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to set you up and because you have made the decision and committed. And those times that you are taking that leap of faith is a time that you're going to either be caught or you're going to be given wings. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to ask you both this question, okay? And maybe we'll go first so Meg can really ponder her greatness on this. But what is one thing you would tell someone that is our age, okay, that is feeling stuck, like happens to wander upon this podcast or this live that absolutely feels stuck in their life and like they have to play by the rules. They have to stay in the unhappy job. They have to stay in the unhappy marriage they can't come out of the closet that like this is it they just have to play it safe and go to the grave in the current position does that make sense yeah so i feel like 
shadow work has been, and I know Meg is like really passionate about shadow work as well. Like looking at the things that I carry shame around, like has really been, it's like that shame cannot come into the light and change frequencies without like everything changing. And so I do really feel like one of the big things like that kicked off was when I started like owning like the sexual assault, like talking about that. And like the more work that I did where I really like leaned into all the parts of myself that really felt uncomfortable. And the more that I was like conscious of like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to translate it into other people. Look at the things that you feel are painful, that you feel like aren't good enough, the things that everyone told you that you shouldn't be, like you're too loud, too much, too extra. Like just start fucking questioning that and being like, wait, wait, wait. Like, is it or did that just make them uh, uncomfortable? What's really me? Who? what's a time that I can remember of me as a childhood, just being in my fear, my pure, like unique divine frequency. And like, what are some of those things that, you know, a part of me does like really want to be that way today. And, um, I just feel like whatever way you do the work, whether it's like therapy or shadow work or coaching, like there's so many different pathways to do it. Like lean into that because that's the, the real like juice that is going to change your frequency. And like, you might not even be able to see or hang on to for long that other like version of you that's like doing the thing, like living the life. But like when we work with other people, like, and it allows us to like co-regulate with them to like be with the uncomfortable stuff with long enough to feel like safe enough to be there. Like they hold, they help hold that vision. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that I feel like, is amazing working with coaches is that I could wa- you could watch people and see like that part in their eyes like light up and like their whole like frequency changes in that moment and they get to be like your mirror and so I just want to encourage people like find that friend like go and hire that coach that you've been thinking about like because having that other person there to make sure that you don't fall to the bottom of your list again fucking over and over like that changes everything changes the whole game that changes everything like that is what changed things for me you know mm. and it. like i just i'm gonna let meg talk now because you know <laughs> i'm like i get all excited about certain topics you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're passionate man yeah i i love that answer of course because i love shadow work i think that like to play into that a little bit is like i i heard this quote that said those who are trying to commit suicide aren't trying to kill themselves. They're trying to kill a part of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that when you try to, if you were to try to drown somebody, they would fight for their lives. And so that to me says that you don't want to die. There's a part of you that you think is, is wrong. That Mm -hmm. is part of you and you can't kill it, right? You can't kill parts of yourself. You have to accept it and love it. And when you accept it and love it in the sense of embracing it, it goes away. You know, I had a relationship where I was with an uh, addict and she was being, you know, um, eaten alive by her inner demons. And I got to have this relationship. And I think that I was in my life because I got to love her unconditionally. And when I loved her unconditionally through those things, I realized the addict in me was being loved. And 
that part of me had kind of drifted away that I don't struggle with the cravings anymore. I don't struggle with the obsession of drinking and that kind of stuff. And it doesn't make me feel shame, like you said. And so I feel like that's a big part where it's like, if you can find a place or have someone hold space for you to be loved and accepted and not judged in a place that you can show up authentically, no matter what that looks like, whether it's ugly crying or screaming or saying the darkest parts of your soul where nobody's ever heard those things and that person holding space for you. And in recovery, that's like, you know, the, you know, seven step or something like that. And so I think that it's important to do that. And I also think that I would tell somebody to write down what are you going to decide in this moment that your what identity are you willing to let go so that this this person you want to be can show up? Like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let die off per se in order to be this person? Mm. And I think for me, I you get stuck in these specific identities that you play, right? Like I was playing the person who is a people pleaser. I, I will do what you say because I, I want your love. And then I ended up having this life where I'm like, ah, this is doesn't feel right. And many times in the last five years, I've told my family things and they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Four months ago, you were saying this. And it's just like, yeah, but I changed. And now I, I know who I am more now than I ever have. And so you don't have to understand me. I'm going to take this risk and let myself be understood for a second because this yes. feels great to me. Yes. It's so, it's, it's not funny. It's because for me, you know, in recovery, there's the saying, uh, there's clean house, trust God and help others. And for me, like, I believe that, but for me, it's a little bit, it's that, but it's different for me. Cleaning house is getting rid of all of the, that wreckage from the past, addressing the shadow work, mm-hmm. understanding why shadow exists to clean that house. And then of course, for me, my specific journey, there is like the causes conditions of my alcoholism, but for anyone it's to clean house. Like what doesn't belong in this house anymore? What is clutter? What is dirt? Where is there mold in your house? Clean the house. So if you're like, if part of you is molding over, if you're not owning your truth, clean your house own your house and then trusting God, you can translate that into universe, any specific God source, whatever that, that higher calling is to you. And then of course, I believe if you do all this, this work and you don't share it and you don't help the next person struggling for me, that's really not living your true earth journey because we are a tribe. So I think that if you own your truth, no matter like for me, anytime I own my truth fully and holy, universe has got me. And there may be dark nights, there may be lonely nights, but eventually universe has got me. And I think the people that don't own their truth, that's when they want to kill that part of themselves. They want to drown that part of themselves. So owning that truth and then sharing it loudly Mm -hmm. so the person behind me can hear that song ahead of them. I think that's one of the most integral parts of this whole thing is you have to help the person that's struggling behind you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like, too, a lot of times when we're in that stuck phase, we feel overwhelmed because it's you see what you want to be and you know what you are, but you have no, you know that there's a hundred thousand steps between then and now and you become or there's no way. Uh I think the thing that I even in cleaning houses, like you don't have to clean your house all in one shot. You can do area at a time take one step forward. And even if it's a half step, you're still closer than you were before. And even if you take one step forward and two steps back, there are going to be days where you take that five steps. And there are going to be days when you take one step and you don't actually regress. And that's okay. 
and just know that like you're doing it. That's it. You're doing it. You're committing. You've decided you've committed and now you're moving forward. And that energy within you is going to make it so much easier to do when you decide and you commit, you're going to feel the back of everyone else, like the universe having your back. And not only that, but the integrity that you feel within yourself, right? Like when I say I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning, I get up, I'm amazed. And I'm like, oh, this actually feels really good. It doesn't, you know, five o'clock PM, I'm a little tired, but like at five, I'm like, oh, wow, I did it. But the days that I, I just allow myself to creep back into bed, I think, oh man. And that integrity kind of whittles away when you do those things over and over again. So it's like, commit to the things that you can, little steps, brush your teeth every day. That's a checkbox. I can give myself credit for that. I took my vitamins, check my box. You know, I went to work I, and, I, and I tell my clients this all the time and my friends, like if you if you come in the energy of like this is something I have to do, you're not celebrating this as something you did because it, you don't actually have to do it. There are people who don't come to work the next day because they made a choice, right? And so it's like give yourself credit for coming to work and that work even though you don't like it because you did show up and you're actually benefiting those people for sh showing up. You're helping your business partners and your family and your friends by showing up, even though it doesn't feel like there's a lot of gratitude there, right? So you're helping those people. When you clean your house, you're giving yourself a clean environment. That's a good job. Even though it feels like you have to do it, give yourself credit because there are some people who don't and you don't. It's a choice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all freaking night and morning. Ashley, anything coming up? I think that if people ask themselves the question, but Meg is like naming as well, like, cause they're always pointing towards the reasons like why something can't happen or why their life can't change like that. But as soon as you just point your brain in the direction of like, well, how could this be possible? Like everything's going to change and you're going to start to like come up with ideas and sort of build a body of evidence that like, okay, maybe I can do this. But part of our programming is to point us in the direction of like, why something isn't possible and i think it's just to be conscious and aware of that that like step one just turn turn in the direction that you want to walk in and get curious about it i think the last question that like as we have make here that i really would love to hear from the two of you is spiritual reinvention do you feel like it changes in like one moment do you feel like it's more of an ongoing process and unfolding um I think, go ahead babe. so for me i did have the mm -hmm. i had that lightning strike moment where i had that outer body experience and then from that point of course i was like i'm gonna have more lightning strike moments and so i was waiting for these big epiphanies right but then i always got the message of like you're not paying attention to the subtleties like there are so mm -hmm. many synchronicities and things that are are you're missing out on that those things actually add up more than those lightning strikes of epiphanies. And so I feel like it's, you're going to sometimes have those aha moments, but it's the subtleties that really taste the sweetest. Mm, I love that answer. And for me, I've had, I believe it's both when you're actually truly living your spiritual journey, it's both. 
but I believe when you're noticing, when you're purposely looking for those subtleties, the synchronicities, mm. the numbers all matching up, you know, like, you know, my spirit animal, I asked, how many years ago I asked for parrots and they fucking show up every single fucking day now, wild parrots. I think when you look for those things and you're thankful to the universe for these things, the big aha moments come more often. But I think it's both. It's mainly like small little things that you really should, that makes life so livable every day to watch for those small things you know like the way a baby mm. laughs when you're looking for joy or like this i had this cat that every time i'm feeling like a little not of my true self it follows me around the neighborhood and just it's checking on me like if you look for those things and you're thankful yeah. the big aha moments tend to come a lot more often i think it's always like frequency first i think that's mm. why we always like the doxy meditations mm. where you're like getting into the feelings of like your new life and you're just like feeling it already being there like that those are like amazing like i feel like i still use those tools all the time and like yeah it just helps us it's like we can't change vibrationally and not have everything around us right it's Respond. law it's law and I just hear the both of you saying that oftentimes some of the biggest things like seemed like a very small moment at the time. And it's not until retrospect that sometimes you're actually mm -hmm. being like, whoa, that was massive. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love this. So extraordinary is extraordinary. Right. So it's about finding the, the, beauty in the mundane, right? So to be extraordinary, to have an extraordinary life, you have to find the beauty and the awe in the mundane because every day is a new day. And even though it feels the same, it's not, right? And then that's the beauty of it, right? And I so I think that people forget like, oh, I see this successful person and I see this person doing this. And it's just like, those people aren't successful because they have no fear or whatever, but they find these beautiful energetic things within themselves to move forward and to do it in spite of fear, right? And do it in spite of like the monotony of things and choosing to like these things and find joy. I'm just obsessed with you. Meg, before we wrap it up, where can people find you to learn with you, to play with you, to get coached by you? Where where can you be found in this vast world? So transmissionsofthesoul.com is my website. I have Transmissions of the Soul with Megan and other 5D coaches group on Facebook. And I'm soon coming out with a podcast for dream interpretations called mm. Dark Moon Chiron. The website is active and so is the Instagram you know, Instagram, but that is uh, where you can find me. And I am always available and I would love to see you in the group because I just, and I will be doing dream interpretation soon. I'm excited. I'm so glad you stepped into that. Cause when we had you on for dream interpretation, everyone was like, where the fuck has this bitch been hiding? <laughs> <laughs> will you drop your links? I don't know if, if we have your links to drop. Will you put them in the comments? Um, so that everyone can find you. Oh, Bam, Solange. Solange. World's best Thank you. Solange. Oh, I just love her. Thank you. We but do. Meg, we're going to be comments. wanting to talk to you over and over again this season. So oh, I love this. I love you guys. I <laughs> well, love you too, honey. Bye, Meg. Bye. So. I love that. And I there was something else that was like, 
popping in right at the end there. Oh, the like purpose impact piece. Like I think that another thing that I noticed was that when I started to get really in touch with like the purpose and like I really sunk into like, well, how is it's not about just about me? Like, how is this about the impact that I'll create for other people? Like I always had more courage to make big changes and still do in my life than for me, because I'm just like with the fucking channeling, I'm just like, why would I want to do something like more out there? Like, let's just leave it at the tarot cards. But to me, it's like, it's not fucking about me. Like I am just the, I get to learn how to enjoy the the possibilities. And I just find that bravery, like a lot of times with the spiritual gifts, especially when I tap into that, like impact purpose mission energy you know yeah and i think that can apply to anyone's life journey if they think yeah, about the impact everyone yeah so this season we're gonna go really weird i'm making mm. a host to this we're gonna go weird we're gonna go deep we're gonna go weird and like all kinds of really crazy and hopefully insightful places i do want to say if any of you have thought like you want to be on this podcast you have a topic that you've been wanting to talk about and you're like why aren't these bitches inviting me then we'll see how it fits in yeah. <laughs> but drop it in <laughs> like drop it into the facebook group so we can actually know about it mm -hmm. so ashley uh, what's your tiktok handle so everyone can see a little bit more of you my tiktok handle is starseed business coach and that's where I hang out. That's where James is going to be <laughs> hanging out with me more often. And for me, like sharing collective messages, like things that I channel through things that spirits sharing with me that need to be shared with humanity, with all of the healers, like those are the kinds of things that I really like. In addition to like ridiculous things that make me laugh. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I feel like TikTok's like my inner child's playground mm. um, to just like have fun and create things. And I'm just glad that you're saying yes to the TikTok journey. All out of love mm -hmm. for my best friends. Mm -hmm. I'll be on TikTok with this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. All right. So next week. Next week. What was our working title? Because uh, it's the Halloween. Surprise, you're was, a witch. I think surprise, <laughs> you're a witch. And how many in this community, like how they're not really identifying with witchcraft. And then they're just like, wait a second. If witchcraft is like crystals and like intention and like other beautiful materials from the planet Earth, like maybe I am a witch. That was really intense. I felt like your theater, like all that like, theater see. money just paid off <laughs> and like applause girl. Like I'll throw a rose at your ass. But I think like, I've been really wanting to talk about like, again, um, the whole thing about the healers Holocaust, the witch trials mm -hmm. and like how the church tries to vilify witches when it's just like, wait a fucking second here. Who's the bad guy? Like who, who killed who? Like <laughs> just saying like, it's, it's like a big conversation and Brooke is going to be on with us. Mm -hmm. I don't even know for sure how to say a lot. Robichaud. Like, you know, Robichaud? I fuck up every name. I'm so white in that respect. Brooke but, R is going to be on with us. But, and she's a Christian witch. And that's going to be a fucking amazing conversation. Well, that's what I'm excited for is to really break down this whole thing that like witches are this and they're not that. The mm -hmm. truth is like 
you know, when we sit there and persecute people as being witches, we take ourselves away from our connection with Mother, Mother Earth. And yeah. that's truly what that's about. Like, yeah. if you're using lotions to make your skin softer, you know, surprise your Yeah, surprise your motherfucking witch, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. If, if you're, you know, talking to God at night, surprise, you're casting the spell. Jesus was too. a witch. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and I think I I'm I realize I'm a space witch. Okay. Yeah. Well, or a right. cosmic I, witch or a galactic for, witch. Okay. You're here for another coming out by Ashley Bradley. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that like the fourth coming out. Well, because I think that there's like witch stereotypes and there's like so many flavors of witch, like endless flavors. And, and so I think I just want everyone to fucking discover their flavor, their frequency of witch and <clears throat> own that shit, like learn from it. That's okay. that's next so, week. So Join us here. So you're a cosmic witch. Is there like a flag that has different colors for every kind of witch? My hair is the flag. <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Meg. And it's good to be back, bitches and witches. Bye, everyone. Bye. Remember to go download that podcast and like and fucking leave, leave a comment, leave a review, and go on TikTok and blast this bitch out. <laughs>